0: Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I get the privilege of working into different schools and something that just happened to me just recently is I went on the year 10 bushwalking camp for Kings Baptist, which was my former school. And I figured what it was, was Hodgie remembered me back in the day when I was at school and he loved it so much. So he thought, oh, who can I get to help? So he thought, I'll get Andrew to come back in and help me for, for the PE camp. At least that's what I'm going to choose to believe. But for me, I was lucky enough to go on this bushwalking camp. And as we were going, we, we went to Manbray Creek. Has anyone been up to the Flinders Ranges and been up to Manbray Creek? It is absolutely fantastic up there, but if, if you do know it, most of you would probably be sitting there going, lucky you, hey, because if you'd seen the terrain that we were walking up and down, it's not exactly the most uh, leisurely bushwalk that you can go on, but we went on it and it was an absolute great time. I actually went and I was the, the group that I was in was actually with my old year 12 form teacher, so I got to catch up with him, touch base, see how everything was going. But as we were walking, like we're walking up and down all these hills, something really struck me about bushwalking, about being in the outdoors. And I sat there and I thought about it. And I really felt God sort of challenged me and go, well, you know, what are you here for? And I sat there and I was, as I was contemplating on the whole thing of, of this bushwalk, I realized how much going on this bushwalk and being out in the bush was like life. So tonight, we're going to look at, the com- uh, not the correlation we're going to look at what or how going on a bushwalk is like life so for me tonight we've named our me- i've named my message just keep on walking keep on walking and what tonight like i said my aim is to look at how going on a bushwalk and life can marry up cuz there are so many things that we can do in life and you have got to sit there and go well how is it that I can bring the bible into that how is it that Taking my surroundings, I can learn, and I can compile that, and I can go. You know what? I can see God, and I can find God in this. So tonight we're going to get jump. We're going to jump straight into it, right? I'm going to look at the first thing. The first thing that I realised about how going on this bushwalk was like like life. And the first thing is is this: is that you need to be prepared. In life, you need to be prepared, and if you're going on a bushwalk. That's one of like the big rules. You need to be prepared. Now, Membrae Creek, like I was saying, it's up, it's down, and when you think you've just got down, it'll go a little bit further down until you reach the bottom and then you go going back up again. And going out in the bush, it's not like something that you can just go, okay, I'll chuck some stuff in my day pack and off I go. Now, we went on a four day bushwalk. And it was a full on hardcore bushwalk. And anything that you needed to survive you had to take with you. So you've got to take uh, shelter, you've got to take food, you've got to take clothing, you've got to take water because it's not like there's any running water up there. It's kind of like what you had was what you got. So you had to load everything up there because it was a full-on hardcore bushwalk. Now, if I'm 100% honest, I didn't prepare myself as good as I probably should have because I've got everything packed in and all this kind of stuff and we've set out And we've got probably about 500 meters up the track and I've just realized something. Something dawned on me and I thought, I never packed a plate or a cup. (laughs) And as I'm walking, I'm sitting there going, nah, surely I can get around that. Surely I can get around that. And it wasn't until like the more I'm walking and the more I'm walking that I'm realizing how much I'm really going to miss my cup. My cup. Because going out into into the hills, it's like, it's not like you're just, you know, walking through the park. No, you're up on the top of the hills, and because of that, when you're up on the top of the hills, you're getting this mighty wind. Because where it is, it's right up the top near not Port Augusta, what's Port Pirie or something up there. But either way, it's kind of like you turn around and you look out over and there's the ocean. So you've got this almighty freezing cold wind that's blowing up there. You've got a massive heavy pack on and you've been walking, walking, walking. You get up to the top and then when we got to our base camp, I'm sitting there going, you know what? Our base camp is on the other side of the hill and we're on this side and the sun is going to be on this side and it's going to be dark and it's going to be cold and I've been walking all day. A coffee is going to sound really, really good. But I'm sitting there going, I haven't got a cup. <laughs> so I'm dreading the the fact... So there I was, I got into base camp, everything set up and there I am with like a Trangia bowl with like a coffee in it. So I'm sitting there like drinking my coffee like this. (laughs) Not the best way to start a camp. (laughs) But for me, I sat there and thought, you know what? Everything else about my bushwalk, I was actually quite prepared for. I haven't been on a bushwalk like that for like 10 years since I left school. But I sat there and thought, you know what? Haven't got a plate, haven't got a cup. Not bad going actually. Cuz of what happened when we got to base camp. Now, I'm thankful that what happened to to this poor fellow that I'm going to tell you about didn't happen to me because there's a couple of rules when you go camping. And I think probably one of the biggest rules when you go camping, especially when you're out in the bush, is this. Stay dry. Right, so we set up and we go in there and we have got all our thing and, and we're around this lake and we kind of I was freaking out. Because I'm sitting there thinking, oh no, here's a lake and I get all these mozzies. But anyway, thought forget that. There's a good spot, so we set up. So we're setting up all our tents. Well, actually, I didn't. We didn't have a tent. We just had a fly sheet and we slept under a fly sheet. We were really roughing it. But anyway, I'm sitting there watching the rest of this group. We had fourteen year ten students and they're all setting up all of their fly sheets for setting up uh, for sleeping under. And of course, teenage boys are teenage boys. It's kind of like they do this like, half-baked job of setting up their stuff. Because once that's good, that means, cool, I can get back over to here to socializing with my mate. As you do, you're going on a four-day bushwalk, what do you do? You bring a soccer ball. So these year 10s have quickly done this quick-fix job of setting up their shelter so that they can go and play with their soccer ball. And of course, night comes, we go to sleep. And it's 2.30 in the morning, and we heard this glorious sound in the middle of the night. Tap, 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 tap. Next thing you know, it just starts pelting down. It is saturated. I'm sitting there waking up. I'm like, whoa, kind of like, oh, good, I've got my shelter kind of thing. So I roll over, wake up half an hour later because I've got like the fly sheet sitting on my face kind of thing. Because it's kind of like we didn't set it up the best and it kind of pulled just above my head. So it's kind of like I'd wake up every half an hour kind of just like push the fly seat up so that all the water would run out. But I sat there and I thought, you know what, the thing that we've set up, not that bad. You know, pretty good. Considering I don't go out too much, what we've set up, not bad. Ended up with a good night's sleep that night. Get up the next morning You know, birds are cheering, uh, chirping and everything like that. So give that big stretch, look out across. And over to my left, there was this young guy's stuff. And the fly sheet is on the floor. It's half on his stuff. His sleeping bag is all over the place. His clothes are all over the place. During the night, the wind had come through. It just completely blown all his stuff around. The funny thing for him, he didn't even bother sleeping as his. He slept in his mate's one, which is over here. He wakes up in the morning and all his stuff is absolutely saturated. His sleeping bag, saturated. His clothes, saturated. His shoes, Saturated. Everything about what he had on that camp was completely and utterly saturated. And I had to laugh. I'm, I'm, I'm meant to be there to help and assist and everything. I'm just like, I lean over to like Macca, the guy I'm with. I'm like, "Oi, check out this. He kind of pokes his head up, has a look, and he's just kind of like shakes his head. But then we had a good chuckle because it wasn't us. But anyway, this kid gets up in the morning, kind of like gets out and then sees his stuff and his face just like drops as he's looking at all of this equipment and stuff like that. And it was just absolutely hilarious. But the thing is, why did that happen? Was it because the job that he did was a half-baked job? Yes, it was. But I think the more important reason was he just wasn't paying attention. He wasn't prepared. See, now I know this, that before all those year 10s went on the bushwalk, they got shown how to do things. They got shown how to use the camp stove. And they got shown how to pack their sleeping bags and pack all their rucksacks so that they could carry all their things. And I know, like I know, that they got shown how to set up a fly sheet so that they could sleep under, because I was looking at the five other ones that were there, that were there and none of them had fallen over but this one guy which made me sit there and ask the question well okay well out of the five that are standing what was it about this one guy you know that made his thing fall down and it came down to this he just wasn't prepared he got shown how to do it but just because he was shown how to do it doesn't necessarily mean that that equated to him being able to do it so For me, I look at life and I go, you know what? Sometimes life is like that. Life can have some consequences and life can take some turns for the worst. And you can end up kind of in a similar situation to this young guy where you go through life and you get to certain spaces. But then all of a sudden there just seems to be downpours in your world and everything just turns like just everything just gets saturated. And you look at your life and, you know, metaphorically speaking, it could be your finances that like the, the represent your sleeping bag or it could be all different things. It could be marriage or relationships that just end up being completely saturated. And now just like this guy, he ended up having to, like, Face the realities of now he's got to walk another three days with a wet sleeping bag. He's going to have to sleep in a wet sleeping bag. He's going to have to walk with wet shoes. It was really funny because he gets up in the morning. We're getting ready for the go. So what does he do? Puts on fresh socks, which were wet. But then because of, well, I say they were wet. His shoes were more wet than what his socks were. So he gets like bread bags, put bread bags over his socks and then puts his shoes on. He was was having a right old day. But either way, it's kind of like, just like he had to face the fact that, you know what? His next couple of days are going to be really miserable. Some people in life have to do the same thing. Because what it comes down to is when they were shown how to do things, they didn't really pay attention. And because of that, life took a turn for the worst. And now they're saturated, cold, damp, miserable. And and two big examples. I, I have to say this. Like marriage and finances are really really big one where people can be unprepared i know for me when me and kel got married we've been married for five years now but i thought going into marriage you know what got it all sussed we're prepared not a problem got married we experienced the sharpest learning curve that you'll ever would meet and and it kind of come down to this one thing is is wasn't prepared When it comes to finances, you know what? You can take on a mortgage and you go to the the dealings of, of, of being a married couple, sharing bank accounts, all those kind of things. You know what? You find out really quickly that you weren't as prepared as what you thought you were. And it was the same with this young kid. In life, you need to be prepared. But sometimes, you just find yourself not. And this young kid, like I said, he found himself prepared. And you know what? For us... As Christians, or as just people in the world, we can find ourselves going, you know what? Here I am. I'm blessed. I come to church. I've got all my life set. You know what? Church is really good. Sit under great preaching. Life for me is going to be great. You know what? For this young guy, he sat in the class, and he sat under the teaching, and the teacher showed him how to do the things that he needed to do to look after himself whilst he was on this bushwalk. But because he didn't apply what it was that he'd learnt when it came to going out into the life or into the world for him, which was his bushwalk, you know what? He ended up saturated. May we never be a people that just come to church and sit. And because we we sit, we think we know. And then when we leave this place, we go out into the world. We think, you know what? We're going to have this all sussed. But you know what? Because we didn't apply what it was that we heard or we didn't apply what it is that we learnt, we end up being drenched. Now, something that I really want to mention about this. When things get wet, they get heavy, right? Now, when you're going on a four-day bushwalk, you want things to be as light as possible. And because this guy didn't pay attention when he should have paid attention, he had to pay the consequences for that. So his first night meant that the next three days for him, he was carrying wet sleeping bag. Wet clothes, wet rucksack, wet tent. Consequently, he's carrying so much more weight for the following couple of days, all because he didn't pay attention. And you know what? So many people are like that they do things, they don't pay attention, their consequences, they get saturated and for the rest of their life, they end up carrying a heavy burden upon their life, you know what, that they weren't designed to carry. And if they'd just paid attention when they should have, they could have avoided it and life for the rest of of their days would have been good. So for us, I just can't stress that enough, that we need to be people, that when we come to church, we don't just listen. Uh, sorry we don't just sit but we listen and then when we leave we apply so that when we go out of church and we go into the world we go prepared because this is something you go like when we were up on that bushwalk it was hard yakka and and Hodgie the PE teacher he's like man you guys got to prepare yourself but I just had to laugh at this one kid because he was so unprepared it was not funny cool point number two Bushwalk, you have to be prepared. Not only that. Second thing that, that I noticed how being on a bushwalk is life, like life is that there was ups and then there was downs. Like I said, Manbury Creek is up in the Flinders Ranges. The Flinders Ranges is absolutely phenomenal scenery. But there was like there's this one section of track... It was so steep, like as we we would walk along all the fire tracks, it was so steep that all of the warden, like the the rangers and stuff like that, actually had to bolt mesh to the paths so that as four-wheel drives go up there, they could actually get traction. It was so steep. It was so, it was both steep going up and it was steep on the descent. It was absolutely crazy. And as you can imagine, in a class of year 10s, it's not like they were skipping up there. You know, they've got their packs on, and of course, they're not used to carrying all these packs. So they're, like, they're trudging up these hills, and it's kind of like, Andrew, how much further? And I'm sitting there. I learned my lesson really quick just to not answer that question. Because I sat there, I look up the track, and I'd see, like, what looks like the peak of the hill. And I'm sitting there going, oh, you see that up there? As I have a drink. It's like, you see that up there? That's pretty much the ridge. Once we get to there, then it's downhill and everything will be all right. And it was good because they'd get encouraged by that. So off they would go. They would trek until we got to that one spot and it leveled out and then went up again. And they're like, I thought you said that it was going to go downhill. And I'm like, well, I thought it did. But it didn't. But once we get up the top of that section, then it's downhill. So off we would track again and we'd get to the top of that. And as you could guess, it goes up again. And it just kept going up and up and up. And it got to this one stage where there's this one girl. She was absolutely shocking. Like, to, to give you an idea, she goes on a four day bushwalk and she brings her iPod. <laughs> so here we are. She'd get to the stage and it literally would, she, like, she would look, walk five steps <sighs> and then she would stop and then she'd be like, <sighs> And I'll be like, come on, nah, not that much further to go. Come on, just you can do it. You're going well, you're going well. I should be like, one, two, three, four, five. And she'd stop. I'm sitting there going, man, are we like back in the days of Israel and David's bringing the art back? You know, you go walk step six steps and on the seventh you'd celebrate because that's what it felt like. We'd walk just a handful of steps and then she'd stop. I'm sitting there going, girl, do you realize sun's going down? we got a base camp to get to. I don't want to get to base camp when it's pitch black and set up a tent in the dark. So I'm like, come on, you got to go. Come, let's do it. She'd be like, one, two, three, four and then she'd stop again and I'm like oh come on I'm looking at the hill the hill's like this I'm just like if I, I'm like stuff this I'm like give me your pack I'm like I'll do your deal I'll carry your pack up to the top of that and then you know you can catch your breath and we keep going so there I am I've got my pack I've got her pack I'm sitting there kind of going up there I've taken five steps and I realized going, what on earth have I done so I'm sitting there trudging up this hill but the good thing is we got to the top of the hill and there was a down. So, as we're going down the hill, it's kind of like we complain, we had complaining on the way up. And I'm sitting there thinking, cool, we're on the way down now. It should be all smooth sailing. But no, we've got complaining on the way down. Because here they are, they got their heavy packs and they're like, my knees are hurting. My shins are hurting. This is too steep. I slipped. And this one girl slipped and she stacked it and she rolled. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you kids haven't got a clue. But it didn't matter whether we were going up or going down, they just seemed to be complaining. And I'm like, Toughen up, come on. But I sat there and I thought, you know what, life's like that. We have these we have these seasons in life where we go up, and the seasons in life where we go down. And in those seasons, it's just like on the hike, it's tough, and you sweat. And you get put under the pump and your legs start to hurt. And in life, you start to feel the pain and you feel the pressure of those ups and of those downs. And it can suck. But you know what? That's a part of life. And that's what I was trying to tell all these girls. I'm like, no, come on, you can do it. This is just a part of bushwalking. But I kind of learned my lesson because, like I said, the way I used to encourage them getting up was like, oh, just a little bit further, just a little bit further. And I've realized that that just didn't work because they just learned not to listen to what I said when I said a little bit further. So I'm sitting there going, I've got to change tact. How is it that I can change tact, keep these people motivated about what they're doing so that they can tackle the ups and they can tackle the downs? And I stopped and I looked around. And there we were. We're halfway up this hill. But as you looked around, you could see the plains of South Australia. And you could just see as far as the eye could see. Just field after field after field. And when you look this way, it was mountain range after mountain range after mountain range. And you could see blue skies and you could see the ocean over this way. And I said to him, I'm like, okay, just stop for a second. Stop for a second. And I pointed all the way down the mountain. And I said, you see all the way down there in between that valley. I said, that's where we started from. And you've walked all this way. And now that you're all the way up here, take a look around. And I realized that, you know what? Although we were going up and although we were going down, the thing that brought perspective to these young ones was when they stopped and had a look at why they were climbing and what they were able to see when they got to the top. And that brought perspective to them. It brought perspective to all their hard work. It brought perspective to all their their sweating and their complaining because all of a sudden... When they stopped and they looked around, you know what? The pain disappeared. And they were able to wipe their sweat away and they were able to put their bags down. And they were able to stop and just see just the awesome scenery that was up at the top of this hill. And you know what? In life, sometimes we can be like that. We can be in the midst of our ups or we can be in the midst of our downs and we're just head down, pain, suffering, going, I just got to keep walking, just got to keep walking. And you're losing your motivation with each step because you're realizing when will this thing end? It just keeps going up and up and up until you stop in life and you look up and you get some perspective. And you realize why you do what you do. And you realize why it is that you, you're in this ups and that you're in this down. And it's when you stop. And now for these young ones, like I said, they saw the beauty of what God had created. And I was able to stop and share them. I was talking about like just the, the wonder of creation. And all of a sudden, like I said, for these guys, the pain it didn't matter anymore. The toughness of the walk didn't matter anymore because they could stop and take in the scenery and abort perspective. And for us in life, we need to be the same. How many times do you stop and smell those roses? Or do you just get bogged down with the ups and downs of life? The other thing that I said to him was, you know what? That is a part of hiking. Where there's ups, there's always a down. And where there's a down, there's going to be another up. And what happened was they got used to going up and going down. And when they were on the flat, it made them appreciate the flats all the more. And we need to be people like that. We need to realize that, you know what, in life there are ups and there are downs, but it's all about perspective. Those ups and downs are a part of life. We need to deal with it. And we need to appreciate the flats when things are going well, because that's when, like I said, we make sense of the ups and downs. Part number three, part number three, point number three, should I say. Life is like a bushwalk because you need to be prepared. In a bushwalk, there's ups and downs just like in life. And number three, when you're in a bushwalk, you need to walk in a group. One of the biggest rules, like I said, is you need to stay dry. You need to be prepared. But probably the biggest uh, rule about going hiking or going on a bushwalk is you never go at it alone. You never go out by yourself Because there are so many dangers out there. Now for us, we're in the Australian outback and we had to deal with the ferocious yellow-footed rock wallaby. It was, was, and the only thing that was more scary than the yellow-footed rock wallaby was the grazing sheep that were in the paddock. And it was so scary. But luckily we were in a group and together as a group we could fend ourselves off. No. One thing that did come up as we were walking in the group is Bear Grylls. Who here watches Man vs. Wild? Everyone on that bushwalk thought they were Bear grill. And they're like going out, Man vs. Wild, I can do this. I'm sitting there going, you guys have no idea. Bear grill goes at it by himself into the harsh wilderness. But I kept telling the guys, you know what, guys? You don't have the skills that he does. And you also don't have the fancy editing like what he does. <laughs> you should check YouTube on that one. But you know what? Bear Grylls goes out there by himself, the lone ranger, into the wilderness, and he goes on his treks for survival. But the reality is, well, I should say, there's just no reality in that because no one has the training like what Bear Grylls does for him to go out and fend in the wilderness. So for these young guys, I'm like, guys, forget the Bear Grylls. Here you are, you're walking in a group and you're in a group for a reason. Now, Ecclesiastes said that two are better than one, because if one falls, then the other is there to help them up. And I was able to explain to these guys that, you know what, as we're here, we're out in the bush, you've got your, you've got your group here to rely on. And you know what, if one of you is there's someone there you've got a mate to pick you up. If you're lacking in motivation, you've got to mate there to motivate you and encourage you as you're walking. And that's the thing, you know, in life, we have so many people who just do it bare grill style. They go out into the world and they sit there and they think that they've got it all sussed and that they can tackle the thing. But the only thing is, is the moment they fall and stumble, they realize that they've got nothing. They've got no one there to help them up. They've got no one there to pick them up. But that's why for us, we always need to walk in the group. Now, life is a journey and it's all important who you journey with. Just like in the natural, when you're born into this world, you're born into a family. I was thinking about this. You know, there are so many animals that when they're born into this world, parents up and leave. They go to find food or there are some species of animal that just up and leave and the the young have to fend for themselves. But for us, we have a great picture in the natural of the fact that we're born into a family. We're born into a group. And it's so the same in the spiritual. When you're born again as a Christian, you're born into a family. So that when you tackle this thing called life, you don't have to do it alone. You've got a family that you can walk with, talk with, experience life with. And it's there for a purpose. That's the way God designed it. So that when you tackle the things of life, you've got people around you that can encourage you. That they can pick you up when you fall. And the good thing about this is I was telling the guys on the bushwalk is, you know what, here we are, we're walking in a group and you're struggling. But you know what, this person is going the same route as you, so they know exactly what it is that you're feeling because they're hurting too, they're struggling too, you're carrying a heavy load, this person's carrying a heavy load. You know, band together to do this. In church, it's the same kind of thing. So many people sit there, they'll come to church and they'll think, oh, no one could possibly understand what it is that I'm going through. But you know what? There are people here that do. When you sit there and you're going, oh, I've got relational issues. You know what? There are people in this church that have had relational issues and they can help you because they've gone through, they've had a breakthrough, they've got victory. You don't have to do it alone. And it's the joy of being within a group. It's the joy of being within a family. And too many people try to walk this life by themselves when here we are as a church, we can walk this thing together. So point number three is we walk in a group. Church is, a, is the best walking group in the world. It's where you can share life and you can do life together. Point number four, and this is my last point, as I've... Here we go. Point number four is this. You need to have a destination. I've said in life, you need to be prepared. In life, there are ups and there are downs. In life, you need to walk as a group. But in life, you also need a destination. See, for us, we didn't go out to Manbury Creek and just go, you know what? We're good. We're tough. We're just going to hit the tracks and let's keep going. And we'll see where this road takes us. No, before we left, we sat down and we got the map out and we surveyed the land and we had a look and we're like, well, this is where we're going to start and this is where we're going to finish. And we looked at the land and we looked at how the land lies and what's going to be the best walking track. And the thing was, it was our destination that determined the path that we walked. And in life, you need to have a destination. You can't just walk through this life aimlessly wandering around. No, you've been put here for a purpose, but you've got to check your map to find out what that what that purpose is, what that destination is. Now, God has given us a map. He's given us a really good map, and it's called the Bible. And it's, it's where we in life can go to this thing, and we can find out, where we're going in life and how we can get there. And we can find out the route that we need to take so that we can get to our destination. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans and the purposes that I have for you, says the Lord. God has a purpose for every one of you. If you're here tonight, you're not here by accident. God has got something for you. It's about you finding out what that purpose is, what that destination is for your life. You know what, as we were walking along, we're walking along the fire tracks, the whole group would walk, but they'd come to a T-junction. And they'd turn around, they'd be like, Andrew, which way do we go? Now I sat there and I thought, well, we've got a left and we've got a right. I could have just turned around and said, well, that way looks good, let's go, and just walk down that path. The end result, though, is we could have been walking for hours. We could have been walking for days, we could still be out there. That would suck, because I only had three days' worth of food. But you know what? I, we can't just get to a place like that and go, well, this way looks good. So I'm going to walk that way. No, we, when we get to a place like that, we have got to sit there and go, well, where's my destination? Because your destination determines whether you go left or right. And because of that, I'm like, guys, we're going this way. So therefore, we need to head down this track. And consequently, when we would go down that way, we would walk and we would walk. But eventually we got to the campsite. And there we're able to set up and get warm, get food into us and so on and so forth. But just just because we get to a fork in the road, we don't necessarily have the liberties of just going, well, I like that, so I'll go there. You can, but the risks are so high. And we see it in life. We see it in people's worlds. You know, they're just wandering aimlessly. And it's because they've got to forks in the road and they've gone, well, I want to go that way. And they've just started walking rather than checking their life and going, no, this is where my destination is. So this is the route that I'm going to take. If the band can come, we'll close it up now. There's another key thing about knowing your destination. See, because when you're bushwalking and you're hiking, if you don't have a destination when you're out in the bush, You're no longer bushwalking. You're just lost. And like I said, depending on which way you travel, you could be walking for days or I should say hours or even days. And people are like that in life. Sometimes we get into seasons of that in our life where we just seem like we're walking and we're walking and we're walking. And it's like I've seen that tree before but I must be going on the right track and you keep walking and it's like, hey, there's that tree again and when you find yourself just going round and round and round in circles because you lost sight of your destination we need to be a people though that know where our destination is in life, know where we're heading Because if we don't know where we're heading, then we are just lost. And we will visit the the same mountains time and time again. And for some people, that looks like relationships. They leave one relationship just to go to another, just to go to another, just to go to another. Could be finances where you get into debt, only to get out of debt, to go into debt again, and then into debt again. And you just go round the tree But when you realise that God's got something on your life and God's got a purpose for you, that purpose and that destination answers so many questions. Our destination on the bushwalk meant that we don't go right, we go left. Now, was that a legalistic thing where I said to the group, you know what, I'm going to be a control freak and I'm going to go my way. No, it just meant actually, no, for us to get to our destination, we go left, not right. And each week we come to church and we hear some amazing things spoken from this very platform. And we don't say those things because we want to be controlling. But no, there's, there's an end result at the end of this life. And the things that are shared from this stage are directions to get to that end result. And that is an eternity with the living creator, the God of the universe. See, although we're out in the bush, because we had our map and we had our compass, we knew exactly where we were. Are you out there in life like that at the moment? Going, you know what? I'm out in the middle of my bush. I'm out in the bush. But the only thing is, is I don't know where I am. Can I encourage you to check your map and your compass? Get back to the word of God. Get back to the one who has gone before see this is the cool thing about a map a map was designed by a person who had gone before us they'd gone out and they'd surveyed the land and they'd walked the tracks and because of that they were able to put the reference points onto the map for us to follow and we have a person who's gone before us his name's jesus and he went before us so that we don't have to walk blindly in this world But He went before us to show us the way and to say, this is the way that you should walk. Now walk in it. If I could just get everyone to stand to their feet as I close. That may be you out there today. You maybe may have heard the words I've said tonight and thought, you know what, I, rec- I can I can I can connect to that point. I've entered into this life and I've been totally unprepared. Consequently, I find myself saturated, damp, miserable. If only I would listened and applied, or you might be finding yourself on one of the steep slopes just trekking away and you might be getting tired and you're hurting and you're sitting there going, when will this end? When am I going to reach the top so I can stop? Or you just may have been the soloist who went out into the bush by himself, by herself. And you realize being out in the bush, it got lonely You may have even lost track of your destination, and you find yourself lost. Just as every eye is closed here, just going to give you guys opportunity to respond to this, because this is the good thing. For every situation that I've mentioned tonight, you may be unprepared, but you know what? You don't have to stay unprepared. If you're going up, there's going to come a time when you get to go down. If you're walking solo, there's a group that's waiting with open arms to receive you in. And if you're lost, there's a God that wants to show you the destination for your life. So I'm just going to call the attention to the three points my first three points that you may be unprepared you may be doing it solo or you're just in the midst of things if that's you I just want you to raise your hands I want to just pray for you guys tonight this is the end of the message thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless